Welcome to a special edition of I on Princeton. I'm your host, Mitchell Chase, and we're doing a very special series. It's about being a father, sharing tips, sharing ideas, sharing how to navigate with such a responsibility. And uh, joining us right now, a uh, dad, Jason, welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you. I, I appreciate you having me. I'm glad to be on. Look forward to the conversation, the dialogue. We'll start here. How many children do you have? I got three boys, ages 17 to 12 and 6. Oh, boy. You're hitting like every generation. God bless you. <laughs> the wife had it in her mind that she wanted to ensure there was plenty of space between them. Starting off, we had very young. And so when the daycare bill hit, she was very adamant to, to ensure that we had a pretty decent amount of space between each kid so that we weren't paying the higher level daycare bills for two kids at one time. We had to be very cost conscious. And that's a great suggestion there. What is your your baseline? In other words, you're a father, and then where do you tap into? Is it spiritual? Like, where do you go to be guided as a father, the way you run your household? I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think the grounding, of course, is the example that I'm giving spiritually, right? So I'm a Christian man, and, you know, of course, my beliefs, the example that I follow is God uh, uses with us as a father to all of us. And I think if there's a balance there, I think we all pull from our experiences, whether positive or negative, from, you know, male figures in our lives, things that we've seen in our families and those types of experiences. And so I would say mostly it is a religious or spiritual aspect. And then second to that would probably be the experiences that I've had in other men that have been in my life while I was developing as a young man. With the 17-year-old, now I noticed on the odd years with, we had three boys and our youngest was a girl, but on the odd years with the boys, it was really intensive because of that wanting to break apart from the parents. What's your experience been like with the 17-year-old? Yeah, I think that's natural. Absolutely. You know, at that age, you're really figuring out who you are. You're identifying things about yourself that are probably going to be staple pieces of who you're going to be for years to come. It's that time in your life where you're kind of getting the first glimpse, that kingship stage of life, right? As a man, you're recognizing there's, there's only so much time left, right, before all the responsibility kind of lands. And, you know, my oldest right now, is it's all about really choices. Uh, his focus is making great decisions. And I think part of it is you really want to know all the things that you feel like you need to know to make those great choices. And you're realizing there's so much more to life than what you probably have experienced up until this point. And I think at his age, he's starting to feel the gravity of what's to come. It's also some, there's a little bit of anxiety and, and, and not really excited, but more excitement around the fact that you're recognizing that there's some things that you've developed in yourself and that your parents have developed in you over years. And I see in him that he's, you know, he's kind of seeing, hey, I actually am able to do some of these things. I am able to handle some of the responsibility. I can stay on top of these things without having to be told. And uh, I understand how these things work in the process involved in them. For him, he's at that stage where it's kind of shaky, but it's exciting at the same time. Has the 17-year-old attended church regularly, you know, from being a little kid up to 17? Yes. All throughout his life, we've always been active in church. He's done camps and been in youth ministry. And just earlier this week, I uh, went to student ministry where they talk through, you know, things that are pertinent to young teenagers' life and and how it relates to, you know, relationship with God and, and those types of things. I think that it's important. It's critical, in my opinion, for my kids. I think we'd have different experiences. They'd be in a different place without that. Absolutely. When it comes to how you treat your wife, is that important for the kids to see? Yes, I absolutely believe so. I think when when you're 
your kids are watching you, whether it's purposely or maybe subconsciously, you're kind of creating a blueprint for either what they're going to allow or kind of to accept in a spouse. And this, I think, happens on both sides, specifically for a man. I'm demonstrating to my sons how to operate in a relationship where you really, truly care about someone when you commit it to them, right? Yeah. I'm showing them how to stick when things are tough. I'm showing them how to recognize the strength in your spouse and to utilize those. I'm showing them how to love someone unconditionally and how to die to her, sacrifice to her on a daily basis like Christ did for us. The love aspect of it and truly loving, like Christ loved the church. Just imagine what Christ went through for the church. Like to die to yourself, to die to your needs so your wife's needs are met. That's a talent on a daily basis. To answer your question, my kids get to see that lived out. They get to see that demonstrated. And I don't always do it perfectly, but I think it, it lays a blueprint to what that looks like. So when they're in a relationship, as they get older, they know this is not something new. I've seen it done. And it's easier to work things out when you've seen it demonstrated in life experience. With the 17-year-old, are you becoming a coach? Are you doing more, more coaching or more fathering compared to your younger children? I am becoming more of a coach to my 17-year-old. It's really more on the sideline. I'm trusting he's got the skill set. You know, I don't need to go out there and hold hands. It's really more so the direction when I see that there's a little bit of opportunity or a little bit of, you know, of a tweak that's needed, but it is a lot more so kind of a coaching aspect. I haven't thought about that and kind of compared the this part of our relationship to kind of coaching. And when you said immediately it clicks, it makes sense. I, I would agree. How do you handle things when you make a mistake? Basically, it's like this. If you're wrong, how do you deal with mm -hmm. that? How do you handle it? Transparency. Oh, man. And it's tough because, you know, in their eyes, they see us as these figures that just almost are invincible. And especially in the younger years, dad doesn't make mistakes. Dad's super strong and he can do anything. But I think it's very, very important for your kids to see all aspects. I think that they have to know that part of parenting is not knowing everything. They have to know that I can make the wrong call, you know. I think that there's been plenty of times where I've made a decision or jumped to a conclusion and had to kind of track backwards and say, you know what, that's on me. That's on dad. I'm sorry. They need to see that just as much as they see you opening up the jar of pickles when they can't. That's a part of being, I think to me, for them, that's a part of being kind of that larger than life figure when you're able to show them that I'm strong enough to admit when I'm wrong. And they can make that connection, right? They can say strong doesn't just equal being right all the time. Strong means that I can call myself out when I make a mistake as well. Very good. Going to the younger children for a minute. Okay, you raised the 17-year-old. Now you have younger children. What did you learn that you can apply now to the kids that are preteens? The biggest benefits or key pieces I've taken away is utilize my older children to help with the development of the younger ones. And crazy because what they've seen throughout their life, my middle son's 12, and he's seen me being a figure that guided and, and led him and, and given him direction and so on and so forth. And his older brother in the same way. That's something that he's probably, I've seen him aspire to is, is wanting to, uh, you know, have that role. And when my youngest son was born, uh, I realized quickly to kind of help him have the sense of accountability to the decisions he's making is to make sure that he's aware that there's someone that looks at him the same way he's always looked at me and his older brother. And so I think that's one of the key pieces, and it helps with their thought process. It, it matures their decision-making a, a bit more. And I've seen my middle son mature quite a bit more since my younger son has been born. 
and my oldest son as well. I think that's a key piece. And then I think another element of it is that there is a very important individuality to each one of my kids. And I have to understand what that is. I think the Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it. And when you actually break that down, it, it breaks down into the way that they're bent. So if you think of like a tree branch, it naturally grows in a certain direction. And it's on me to understand that individuality between each of my kids. After having the first one, you're able to kind of pinpoint that a little bit better. You know, you, you scraped your elbows with the understanding of raising the first one. And now you're, you kind of understand how to pick up on those cues a lot better. And with the two younger ones, I can recognize that my middle son is very charismatic and that, and that he is very witty and that he is naturally athletic. And my younger son is uh, very emotional. He's the type of kid that likes to tell you, I love you, daddy. And and those types of things. And he also is the type of kid that will figure out anything on his own. He wants so bad to be able to do everything that his two older brothers do that he will figure it out on his own. And, and I have to pick up on that tenacity and then point it in the right direction and ensure that it, it results and yields positive results for him for years to come afterwards. To me, it's, it, I think those are two key pieces that really stand out. How would you suggest or, or what would you suggest to a younger father about how to build a good self-esteem and a father's role with their children? Affirmation is so important. As fathers in our society, we're typically put in a position to be disciplinary figures. We're there to provide the structure, right? We're the guardrails in the household. And because of that, we come in where there's difficult conversations a lot of the time. Not to say that, you know, moms don't do the same thing they do, but I think in the natural household that you find that the husband or the dad is in a position to do that quite a bit more. And so, I think that because of that, we have to be extremely intentional about affirming our kids, about making sure that they understand that we see so much in them and that they are able to do things. And that conversation doesn't just seem weighted on one side. Right. And so I think that is such a key piece. Dad saying, hey, you're awesome at this and hey, you can do that and being there. Really not just it being words. You got to be at the game. Your presence, those affirmations are going to be so key to, you know, building that self-esteem. One thing that I picked up on, Jason, that you had shared earlier, so I'm going to follow up with this. You have three boys, but you father them individually. You don't do one size fits all. In other words, how you deal with the 17-year-old isn't necessarily how you deal with the 12-year-old. It's a really important thing because I'm different than you are, right? We're all, we all have different personality styles. If I handle my 12-year-old the same way that I handle my 6-year-old, then I'm going to end up with a mismatch in an application, right? So my 12-year-old is, he's very charismatic. He's a little bit more thick-skinned. My 6-year-old, yeah. I have to be very careful about what I say because it lasts. I can tell my 12-year-old, Hey, you know what? I don't really know if that was the right choice. You know, my six-year-old, I have to be very careful about how I word that because he may take that as daddy doesn't think that I'm doing good things or whatever, you know, the case would be. It's a seed that could plant and and, and it could take a lot more to try to to dig it out. It'll become a weed and and it'll kind of grow and just spread. And parents just in general, that we put the attention towards paying attention to how our kids are, the difference in their personality styles, and really parenting them based on how they are individually. With lines of communication with your boys, how do you present to them like you can come to me and talk to me about anything? Don't be afraid to come and speak to me. How does a dad do that? I think that one of the easiest things for me that I found, and let me kind of track back and I say that it's not, <laughs> it's easier, uh, one of the, the things that's easier for me, but it's not easy in general just to kind of build that. 
I think it takes time. For me, what really helps is just being present. If you're involved, and as they get older, it's a little more difficult. It takes a little more intentional focus because in those teenage years, kids kind of start to separate. They want to kind of have their alone time and they have their privacy and those types of things have to be considered. But I think for me, if you spend those developmental years being present, being around, taking interest, true, genuine interest into the things that they're into and making sure that they understand that there's literally nothing that you can do that would decline my love for you. I'm always going to love you. I always will. And making sure that, that you voice that, hey, you know what? I need you to understand more important than being afraid of the repercussions is honesty and you feeling comfortable to tell me anything because I'm always going to be in your corner to try to help you through any decisions. I tell my kids all the time, it's very important that you see the same level of open lines of communication with me that you would should expect from God, right? And that's what we are. As fathers, we are one of the first examples to demonstrate to our kids that relationship with God. And so you have to be open and willing to allow them to say anything to me because if I don't, it can tarnish their perspective of how God may treat them. And that's what I think what we see in our adult age as well, right? We're cautious about going to God about certain things because of maybe the experiences we've had in life with maybe other father figures that we've had. And we think that God is going to react to us the same way our physical father may react to us. Or maybe us as fathers may react to our kids if we haven't really kind of gotten that doubt packed. So He might be angry with me versus he's just wanting to hear us out and listen and help me resolve my issues. Well, what it sounds like is that with our children, we need to build trust and it starts with the way we parent them at a very young age and then being consistent all the way through. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. For a parent listening, what tip would you give for this is a fast way to ruin trust with your children, what not to do? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question. I will tell you, from my experience, stepping in and not allowing your kids to actually make mistakes. And then how you, I would say if I could add on to that, how you handle when they do make mistakes. Because what will happen if you don't allow them the freedom to fail and in response to their failure if you just kind of beat them you know, down even further, they're not going to trust you with their feelings over any opportunities that they come across. I think that's a quick way to ruin trust with your kids. And then, you know, this may be the case for, if I add another one to it, for all of us, even today as adults, I think one of the biggest things that kind of rubs me the wrong way is when someone sets expectations and they kind of don't follow through. It's so important that I follow through on it. If I say I'm going to be at your game, I will be at your game. And so that's a really important piece. If a dad's listening, and let's just say the work schedule such that, you know what, it's difficult making the games, don't say you're going to go to the game and not show up. Just be honest of, I, I can't, I want to be there, I can't go right now. I mean, you'd agree with that, right? Like, just be yeah. honest with your children. Yeah. And I think we don't give kids enough credit. They understand a lot more than what we think that they do. You don't have to sit down and go through the bills with your kids. But if you tell them about real life situations, dad's working, I'm not sure if I'm going to get off on time, I really want to be at your game. I'm going to try my best. I think that kids can, they can digest, right? You know, we have to put priorities in place. And if there's a situation where that becomes a pattern and work's getting in the way, we have to provide and all those different things. I think that me as a father, I would try to find some type of way to ensure that it doesn't become so much that that becomes just the expectation that dad's always working, right? So we should make a priority to, to be involved. I should show up at a game every once in a while, even if work is not naturally slated for me to do so. Jason, thank you so much for your time and being on this episode of Ion Princeton. 
focus on dads. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you, too. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Eye on Princeton, a podcast focused on the happenings in Princeton, Texas. We always welcome your feedback, ideas, suggestions, comments, or questions by email to mitchellchase at mitchellmchase.com. Until next time, blessings to you and yours. Eye on Princeton is produced by Chase Productions. Copyright 2022.